you guys like restaurants, I have a great new section for friends from work. Stay tuned. Let's chat. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. Get down. Always want to shout out to my friend Freak Bass for the fantastic music. And YouTube cannot flag us because we have permission to use it. Thank you, sir. Anyway, welcome to Friends from Work podcast. Let's chat. Rick Shu host. The strike is over, guys. Well, the actor strike is not, but at least the writer strike is. So we can sort of get back to doing business. We've had to keep a low profile, being the fact that uh, me, Brian, and Courtney are actors and wanted to follow rules of engagement as closely as we possibly could. And uh, and we did. We did one show during the strike where it was right before the writer strike lifted, where I talked about it. this show was on on my watch. Me and uh, Bob Seska and Free Base, the aforementioned, talked about our favorite Joker live action. And uh, that show is up. I'm very proud of it. It's Really a lot of fun, especially if you love the character as much as we do. On the horizon, there's so much cool stuff coming. Okay, if you guys know me, you know I'm a huge Cheers fan. And Frasier, the reboot of Frasier, Kelsey Grammer's third little uh, run at the role. The first two episodes have dropped. I cannot wait to discuss that with the wonderful San Francisco film critic, Professor Zaki Hassan. We'll be doing that shortly, and I don't know what Courtney and Brian have up their sleeve, but I do know Courtney's out of the country, but both are so ready to get back into the swing of things. Um, when we launched this show, one of the things that I proposed to Courtney and Brian and to everybody that kind of came with me for my last uh, place I was at and, and, and where these guys are in terms of their contacts and people that know them through their various projects, is we said, what if we had a show? That was really just about the things that we love, primarily pop culture, because that's going to be the thing that most people are interested in. But let's have it where there's no rules, right? Let's have it where if we want to do a cooking show, we can. You know, Courtney and I both are into sports. We want to talk about sports. Let's talk about sports. Let's just do a show on sports. And I could talk for hours about the Dallas Cowboys, but I won't do that right now. Um, <laughs> and, and and so far, what's dominated our show and the uh, 20-something episodes that we've done in the proper podcast stream in addition to the various different videos we've done that are not also on itunes etc um have been star wars batman related things pop culture what have you courtney loves to do the little countdown of the pop culture news which i think is awesome and uh brian and i just kind of geek out uh around that so i really wanted to stay true to my word and deviate a little from just that type of conversation and talk about something very dear to my heart, something I'm very passionate about, which is restaurants. And if you know me, you know that I have been in the restaurant business since 1994. I have been an operator since 1998, where I have been a assistant manager, a general manager. I was uh, uh, an operations uh, director uh, slash FOH director for a steakhouse group for 10 of the 15 years I was with them. Wonderful group. And um, uh, I was basically, there were three of us that ran that company under the ownership. And so it was, oh man, it was such, those were such great years. 
I learned so much personally and professionally doing that with that fantastic group, the Kirby Steakhouse Group, aka Mickey Mantle Steakhouse Group. Um, and then in that uh, in that window, I have I have um, I, I've owned a couple of bars. I have or been an owner of a couple of bars. I have still to this day I'm in operations. Uh, I help a lot of my clients because I work for an amazing software company called Spot On. And we help restaurants every day with restaurant software, point of sale, loyalty. I mean, just I mean, I my whole world is helping restaurants and bars better their operations. And then I get knee deep in the operations quite literally with many of my clients. In fact, I was running a shift yesterday for one of my clients who has a, a manager out of commission for a, a few months. So it's in my DNA. I love the restaurant business. I love food and I love wine. I love beer. I love all those things, but I also just love the business. I love, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. You have to have been in it to get it. But if you know, you know, and it gets, like I said, it gets in your DNA and you can't, you can't shake it no matter how much you may want to sometimes with the thin profit margins, the chaos and everything. I wish I had Anthony Bourdain's quote pulled up right now because it's coming to me in real time. And I, I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm going to butcher the hell out of it. But he's like, oh, I miss him so much, by the way. Um, you will never find more of a band of misfits, a motley crew coming together and in this kind of controlled chaos in this environment that you create a family. And uh, again, I just butchered the hell out of that, but that's the gist of it. It's beautifully said way better than the way I just said it, but it's absolutely correct. So how do I take that passion and make it applicable to a podcast here? You're, if you're watching on YouTube, I have some visuals. Many of you will be just listening to it on iTunes and uh, Google play no longer stitcher. We miss you stitcher. Uh, iHeartRadio, etc. So you won't get a visual, but I do hope that um, in this episode you search the restaurant I'm speaking of and um, look at what these guys are up to. So what I wanted to do before I get into the specific restaurant is talk about local dining, and I'm doing this episode by myself, but I already have guests lined up, including Eric Holzman. Uh, who will be talking about some stuff he, uh, some places he has dined or a specific place he has dined in, in Long Island or may maybe even in Manhattan. I don't know yet. Uh, I've got friends in LA. I want friends and food writers and critics from all over the country to join me on this as much as humanly possible on this little satellite offshoot of uh, friends from work. Let's chat and let's go in and let's support a local restaurant, a local one. And here's what I mean by local. They don't have to be from there. They live there. They're in the community. They are part of it. They're your neighbor. They're your kids, friends at school's parents. And they are supporting the local community that you live in. And that's where their restaurant is. And I don't care. It can be in New York City. It can be in a small suburb of Phoenix, Arizona. It could be a cafe, a diner. I don't care. Just a place that you loved. If it's a negative experience, let's leave that out. And you, you can go rant on whatever platform, Yelp, whatever you want to do to get your rocks off on that. Although be nice. Um, but uh, I want to talk about positive experiences. And so I live in Houston, Texas. I'm from Dallas. I live in a suburb called Cypress. 
I do still have residents and I do still live in Dallas about 25%, 30% of my life, depending on the month. And um, uh, I won't get into why, but I have uh, kids there from um, and I have uh, business there, businesses there and, and, and things like that and family and friends and everything. Right. So I'm still very much involved in the restaurant scene. So probably most of what I'll be covering is here in Houston, Cypress in my backyard, all over greater Houston, which has some of the most amazing restaurants I would dare I say in the country, certainly in Dallas, Fort Worth, for sure. That's still always going to be home. Uh, Austin, San Antonio, New Bronzeville's marble falls all over Texas and the surrounding areas of the, of the major metropolitans is what I'll be covering. However, if Jen and I go out of town and we're in, insert city name here and we go into a restaurant i want to cover it as well so this isn't about texas restaurants necessarily it's certainly not just about dallas it's certainly not about houston it's about your local community and so that's how this is going to be moving forward and uh but today it's just going to be me partially so i can get a feel for this and then also so i can submit it out to people so they know what the hell it is i'm, I'm proposing so Without further ado, I'm going to talk about my first restaurant, which is actually in Dallas. And I have been in the business a long time. Like I said, I've done a lot of different cuisines. Italian is something that I didn't really appreciate Italian, really real true Italian until I was until the first time I went to New York in my early 20s. However, there is a great staple in Dallas called Torelli's, and Torelli's is still around. They're amazing, and it's great Italian food, so I don't want to undermine that. It's just when I would go there, I would get just my comfort items. I didn't really explore the world of Italian food, and um, so my vernacular is not in tune, and so I have Googled. I have I have listened on to make sure I'm pronouncing things properly, so if I butcher anything here from a pronunciation standpoint, please forgive me. Uh, and Atica Italia. And Atica apparently means wine bar in Italy or a wine facility somewhere you store wine. And um, obviously, this has a huge wine list. Uh, and Atica is at Oak Lawn in Cedar Springs in Dallas. And the building is called the Centrum, um, but it's on the corner of, of, of Oak Lawn and Cedar Springs. It can be kind of hard to miss because it's, but it's facing more downtown Dallas if you're there. There's great parking, by the way, underneath. Take the ticket. It's $16, but they'll validate it at the restaurant, the host stand, and it's free. And you don't have to park on the Dallas streets and all that. You get nice, safe parking underground. Although that area is, is a wonderful little, and this is my favorite part about that area, Dallas. It just feels like you're in a neighborhood, which, which cities like New York, Chicago, and San Francisco that's how they live. Unfortunately, our Texas cities, all of them, and Dallas is probably the worst out of all the major cities, is that it's we've never really had neighborhoods in the city, in the actual confine, not on the outskirts, but in the city. And, uh, and Dallas is improving on this a lot. And this little neighborhood is a good testimony to said improvement. It's really charming. It's really cool, and it's very sexy. I can't wait to take my wife there on a date. I also can't wait to take my daughters there to dinner because of the fact that they love pasta and Italian so much, even more so than I do. They're going to be all over this. I am a little afraid they're not going to want my chicken parmesan anymore, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But so here was the first thing I noticed is that 
when I sat down and I met two of my best friends there, uh, I'll just say Malloy and Mike for purposes of the, of this. If you know me, you know who those two people are. And, uh, <laughs> And what was really cool is when we sat at the bar and we were just kind of talking, I was there doing some work on my laptop and um, um, my friend orders a martini and orders blue cheese stuffed olives. First thing I noticed was the bartender went over and I'm not sure what type of blue cheese, perhaps it's Roquefort, I'm not sure, but it was quality stuff. And she, and there was two bartenders, she and he, um, were stuffing the olive with the blue cheese. That is, I can't tell you how important that is when you are someone that that's going to drop $14 to $18, maybe even $20 on a martini and you order blue cheese stuffed olives, get the damn customer true, like quality stuff. Hands don't have the pre-made crap that, that, that little sliver of whatever that is in there, that generic, just, it's just, no, this was already out of the gate. I went quality. You can just tell when they do that, that means that the pasta is house made. The sauces are house made. We're in for a treat. And um, and we were when we sat down at the table. Uh, we had a wonderful, delightful waitress. I do not have her name. I wish I did because I would love to plug her. But I don't I can't find the atomized receipt. I just have the thing on my uh, my chase app anyway, either here or there. But she was great and she was very informative and she brought this appetizer out. <clears throat> And it has a name, and I don't. I, it's it was like risotto cake balls, and they were just a chef's feature. But they were I could have eaten forty of these things. They were divine, and they were so good that I thought I think that they should put this on like the permanent menu and keep it and like you know, you know, do various things with it. I mean, I, they were incredible, but it was a feature. So it's a nice little tease that, you know, come back because it's not just the base menu. We do cool stuff every day. You never know what you're missing. And so um, I'm going to share my screen here, too. So forgive me if you're not on the visual because this might be a little distracting at first. Plus, I stumble with this because I don't do this very often. But I am going to just in case there's audio, I'm going to share that. And bear with me. Like I said, here we go. Okay, pro tip, go away. All right. Okay, so here is the menu. And this is just off their site. And there's so many things that I want to try. Look at this lobster jar. What? Garlic, herb, butter, sourdough. Shut up. Amazing. All this looks amazing. The salads. I mean, everything was, like I said, the dressing is the Caesar dressing they make in-house, right? All from scratch. Focaccia bread. I went back for lunch. I hate to jump ahead, but I had the focaccia bread and the chef owner, uh, Albin Basiri, uh, he brought it over to me <laughs> and he said, you will never have, you've never had genuine, authentic focaccia bread like this before. And he was right. Uh, it was incredible. Um, ooh, the Brussels sprouts. I love them. They don't love me. And uh, the Bellini. So this is what one of my friends had here. And I had a bite, dear God almighty. And he, here's the thing about this is that these are traditional dishes, right? It's not a uh, reinventing the wheel sort of thing. It's it's not overwrought, pretentious. It's just quality. Like you get this and you say, oh, that's the difference 
than getting this at X and X place, right? It's everything is fresh. Everything is, is house made. I mean, just incredible. Okay. So I had a bite of his, so I know how great it was. I had the braised short rib. Now, oh gosh, the polenta, au jus, cauliflower, corn, red wine, demi-glace. Look, I thought, why am I getting this at an Italian restaurant? Sometimes I just do stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm the guy that gets a burger at a Mexican restaurant. I don't know. Just I always like to just kind of see how are they doing the things that are they're not defined by. This short rib was the best I've ever had in my life. I'm not kidding. Just incredible. Absolutely perfect. So if you go, the Bray short rib is to die for. Um, a lot of different fish dishes here as well. Uh, the wild catch. I did not see what it was that day. I wasn't paying attention. I was just kind of, when she was giving us the features, I was just kind of uh, wrapped up in my, uh, in my, uh, in my uh, risotto balls. But I had the pollo parmesan, a.k.a. chicken parmesan. The reason that I had this was because I make this dish as well as anybody in the world. So I thought... And it's my favorite dish that my kids make. It's uh, my, my stepkids love this as well when I make it. And it was, there's a picture of it right here. So this is, forgive all the Facebook stuff, but this is how I'm kind of pulling this up. So right there is the chicken parmesan, the pasta, the sauce. Guys, I can't, you, you'll never see chicken parmesan the same. I cut this with a fork. You can tell it's quality chicken. Um, and there's a huge difference and just chicken and true quality chicken. And then the preparation of the chicken, the tenderness, because chicken is very underrated in terms of how difficult it is to cook a steak. You can slightly overcook or undercook for most people. It's OK either way. Um, even with salmon and a lot of seafood, you can do the same. Um, pork and chicken are difficult and chickens more difficult than pork, as we now know with Berkshire pork and quality pork. It's okay to eat pork medium rare if you so desire. Uh, 25 years ago, you never heard of that, at least not in Dallas. But anyway, this dish right here, the quality of the chicken, you have to get chicken perfect. You cannot undercook it because it, it's, you can't eat undercooked chicken. And you cannot overcook it because it'll jeopardize everything about the dish if you do so. And this was true perfection. I mean, perfection. Okay, just insanely good. I'm going to jump ahead over here for a second because I went back for lunch a few days later and I had this chicken dish right here and this like charred grilled romaine. Oh, my God. I, this was almost as good as my dinner. As you can see, I was in there during the day. Hey, go Cowboys. And then right here is the focaccia bread. And I, <laughs> that was certainly not on the keto diet, but I'm telling you guys, phenomenal. But here's my favorite thing about this place. It felt like you were in someone's house. The way they did this, and I made myself a little note here. It, If I was writing a review, I would say that this brings downtown Dallas, close to downtown Dallas, an upscale unique feel that you feel like you're, you're with family. This is a picture of the family here. Okay, this is the Basiris, and I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. This is Alvin here. He is he is the, the executive chef, incredible, cool guy, passionate. 
when I was watching him do table visits where he's walking around and talking to in his little chef coat, and he's talking to his tables like the guy's got it. And that's his dad and mother. And I, I believe those are sisters of his. I did not meet them. But this is off some this family has deep Chicago roots. That's where they come from in terms of the restaurant industry. And uh, they moved to Texas just a few years ago to, you know, bring that kind of dining to, to Dallas. And um, but what I really loved about them is, is I met the father and the mother and obviously him, Chef Basiri, is they were so passionate and so loving. And the parents are there. I'm assuming kind of quasi retired, but, you know, part owners of this little family uh, venture and they're there helping run it. They're at the host stand. They're talking to the guest and it felt so damn good in there. I felt like I was at someone's home. It felt like family. And I love, I was just Google, Google imaging them again. This is a couple years ago, I think 2019 or 2020. And they're launching some place they were launching outside of Chicago, somewhere in Illinois. So forgive me, but it's not about that. It's about that photo. And uh, I hope they don't mind me sharing. It is online if they do see this. But I just think that that's them. That's the people I met right there. Like, just look at the dad. He's just all loving and cool. And I just, I love it. And this that's the kind of stuff I really wanted to to go for in terms of, of uh, um, again, on this little exercise is finding places that were local, that felt like family, that there's we sometimes will give a stigma on chain restaurants and deservingly so especially when they start cutting corners they get too big and they're just like corporate you know corporate ran no no attention to quality anymore whatever but you're still supporting people's jobs when you go in there that are local that live there but there's something about supporting a local business the true backbone of the country right that they live in the community they are there, they are running the kitchen, and then they're going to you know, help coach softball with your kid's team. You know what I'm saying? They're, they, you run into them at your local grocery store, your local HEB, if you will, especially now that those are in North Texas, I can say that. Um, and that's, that's what I want to, to highlight, is family-owned businesses that are in your community supporting your businesses around you, your tire shop, your coffee shop, your nail salon, your pet store, whatever. And so join me on this journey. Please do. And uh, I cannot wait to discuss some things right here in my backyard. Here in Cypress, Texas, there's all kinds of great gyms I can't wait to discuss. I can't wait to explore more in greater Houston. I can't wait to explore more back in Dallas. Um and I'm looking forward to also doing some stuff in Austin and New Bronzeville and San Marcos, et cetera. And oh, Marble Falls. I just I'm, I'm excited to cover some Texas territory of some local restaurants. And I hope that if you're watching this, that you join me on this ride and that you find a place in your backyard and want to come on this little satellite thing on Friends from Work and talk about it. I, um, I had a really great experience at this restaurant you're in Dallas, please go hit me up if you have any other further questions about it. But uh, that's all I have for now. Again, Rick Shue from Friends from Work, me, Courtney, and Brian have so many great things to talk about. I hope you enjoyed this little episode here. Leave comments and YouTube or over at uh, iTunes or wherever you're watching this and let me know 
spread the word. Let's support some local restaurants, some local businesses. And uh, we appreciate you guys very much. Follow us at Friends from Work Pod. Rick Shoe over and out. Get down.